Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the blessing of knowing your son Jesus as our Savior, as our friend. We pray now for discernment, and we pray for the needed divine aid from your Spirit to help us to navigate this tumultuous time in which we live. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. We've got another 30-minute news broadcast for you on a whole host and plethora of topics. And what we try to do on this broadcast is really hit on those items that have biblical, religious liberties, and prophetic implications. Those things that matter to the last days people, because we are in the last days, the 11th hour of Earth's history. And that's exciting. That's good news. But a lot of times, this means bad news like this one, the college fix reports, when it happened at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, the school was so spooked that it called the Los Angeles Police Department. Well, what is that about? What did they call the police about? Both the police and the university's bias incidents response team are investigating the stated belief that only two genders exist, male and female, as a hate crime. Yes, you heard that right. The university has a bias incident response team And they, along with the police, are investigating somebody who stated their belief that only two genders exist, male and female. And this is a hate crime. This is not satire. I know it sounds like this is being made up, but a Loyola alumni office employee discussed her views on sexual orientation, which align with the Roman Catholic Church. That's that's the Loyola's uh, Jesuit University. And with students, she discussed this with students who were hanging up posters on the subject on April 14. Cosette Carleo, who, who identifies as gender neutral, was one of the students involved. She told the College Fix in a phone interview that the hate crime under investigation is denying transgenderism. So, yes, you heard that right. The police and the bias incident response team are investigating this employee at the alumni offices of, of, of Loyola, Loyola Marymount University because she articulated the belief of that university being a Catholic university that there are two genders, male and female. And they're investigating her now as a hate criminal. This sounds like it's out of some sort of dystopic, futuristic, you know, novel or, or, or you know, uh, fantasy uh, sci-fi type of thing about a future scenario of people gone mad and liberty being stripped away. And that's indeed what we see today. Anything that can be defined as hateful or hate speech, whether presented in love or with, uh, with an angry tone, it's the belief itself that's the hate crime. Wow, we live in interesting times indeed, especially on the college campuses of our day. But how about this one? Speaking of of liberty-related issues, this is Reason.com. House passes bill requiring search warrants to access your old emails. Current federal law treats online communications stored after 180 days as abandoned. So the current law was if you've got 
emails, online communications that have just been set aside and haven't been touched for 180 days, that they've been abandoned, even if they're still in your email account. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you, you, you wrote a letter, you had a series of correspondences and you threw it in your safe in your house. Well, if you left it in there for 180 days, now the law enforcement agencies don't need a warrant to come and search and take a look at it. Well, praise the Lord. We're, I'm thankful for freedom in this country because we do have some people in Washington who the, the House of Representatives passed a law saying, hey, wait a minute, they need a warrant to access emails, period. It doesn't matter if it's been 180 days or not. Because the Fourth Amendment says that we will be protected in our persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. And unreasonable is defined as the, a reasonable search would be one that, that that is based upon probable cause and a warrant is issued. And that's how things function in a free republic. And um, there's some good news on the liberty front in terms of thinking about the last days and the, the tyranny that is coming down the pike as predicted in Revelation 13, prophesied. We know it's coming, but many times you see the four angels at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds of strife. Symbolically speaking, this is the prevention of those final, final events. Because we have a work to do right now, and the Lord is giving us a reprieve, a time to do that. And yes, it appears as if the Spirit of God is being withdrawn from the impenitent and society is starting to break down and the family is falling apart and wars and rumors of wars and pestilences and earthquakes and all these things, they're intensifying. But at the same time right now, we're still in kind of the relative calm before the storm. And this is a time to get right with Jesus in our own lives, to get into the Word, to get out in nature, to spend some time with Him, to get our diet and our lifestyle in order so that our thoughts can be clearer, our spiritual discernment stronger, and most importantly, to do the mission work of God. InfoWars reports, a mother in Canada, another uh, liberty-related issue with with the family and and freedom of, of, of religion, a mother in Canada is worried about losing her children after a neighbor reported them playing within the family's enclosed backyard. Child and Family Services earlier this month investigated Winnipeg mom Jackie Kendrick conducting a well-being check following a report that her children were seen playing in her fenced-in backyard, unsupervised. Now, of course, it's a fenced-in backyard, and the mother's just inside in the window right there. But the neighbor called Child and Family Services, and they paid her a visit. Uh, The worker was asking me about if we've ever dealt with CFS before, uh, what my childhood was like, how I punish my children, whether we drink or do drugs. So there's an interrogation taking place here. She had to look to see where my kids slept. She had to see if we had enough enough food in the house. Kendrick described, adding the confusing encounter had left her in tears. Kendrick told CTV, she's always mindful of her children, ages 2, 5, and 10, and is completely comfortable letting them play in the backyard while she visually supervises them from the deck or living room. I would add, as somebody who teaches on parenting-related things, I've, I've researched this, and there is a whole lot to be said for children being outdoors for great lengths of time. And, and yes, with mom and dad most of the time. But you've got a 10-year-old here. She goes on and says that, her, says that her 10-year-old watches over the siblings. The children know to be wary of strangers. We've taught both the older kids to look after each other. Now, this is how normal families have operated for thousands of years. you got the 10-year-old back there playing with the little kids, and this is good for development to have them to have some time where, you know, you're not totally going AWOL, but they, they, they have to kind of solve some problems, figure things out on their own a bit, and just be outside, sometimes individually. 
it's very important and good for a child to be outside just on their own, listening to the birds and, and, and looking at the clouds. And all of a sudden, this is something that now involves Child Protective Services and a visit to the home where there, an interrogation takes place, by the way, without a warrant. That's an important thing to point out as we were talking about the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution there. This is Canada, of course, but still many of the similar laws uh, uh, according to their their system of laws as well. But she goes on and says, the mom. Or the article says the mom is now anxious that the visit has resulted in the creation of a CFS file, which may be used in the future to take her kids. Anyone else ever wants to complain for any we- reason? There's always going to be a file there, she said. Kendrick also criticized the neighbor for reporting her anonymous, anonymously. If you really had a concern, you could have knocked on my door, she said. Well, that was kind of a thing from back in the days where we used to be a little more human. Now everything becomes institutionalized and everything becomes isolated and you just place the call to Child Protective Services and all of a sudden this parent is in danger of having her children taken. There have been other situations like this where the children are literally just taken. And I've shared on the broadcast about a, a chilling conversation I had with a Child Protective Services agent who was a good man and he didn't do the oppressive stuff, but he acknowledged that there is all sorts of stuff going on that is not right and that the entire system is based upon a no warrant, no probable cause scenario, because since it's kids, you just got to take them because they could be in danger kind of thing. And boy, do we need good child services in order to, good good, good law enforcement in order to protect children. But this whole thing can really run amok and threaten families and children, like the article from yesterday with Italy looking at passing a law of criminalizing parents who feed their children a plant-based diet. I mean, we're living in a crazy time in Earth's history. Glenn Greenwald reports, a newly published study from Oxford's John Penny provides empirical evidence for a key argument long made by privacy advocates. Privacy advocates, we're talking again about the Fourth Amendment here and another liberty-related issue that has last day's implications of a major significance. And so the article goes on and it says that the mere existence of a surveillance state breeds fear and conformity and stifles free expression. Reporting on the study, the Washington Post this morning described the phenomenon this way. Quote, if we think that authorities are watching our online actions, we might stop visiting certain websites or not say certain things just to avoid seeming suspicious. The new study documents how, in the wake of the 2013 Snowden revelations, of which 87% of Americans were aware, there was a 20% decline in page views on Wikipedia articles related to terrorism, including those that mentioned Al-Qaeda, car bomb, or Taliban. People were afraid to read articles about those topics because of fear that doing so would bring them under a cloud of suspicion. The dangers of that dynamic were expressed well by Penny. Quote, if people were spoken, spooked or deterred from learning about important policy matters like terrorism and national security, this is a real threat to proper democratic debate. As the Post explains, several other studies have also demonstrated how mass surveillance crushes free expression and free thought. A 2015 study examined Google, examined Google search data and demonstrated that post-Snowden, users were less likely to search using terms that they believed might get them in trouble with the U.S. government, and that these results suggest that there is a what's called a chilling effect on certain behavior from government surveillance 
on the internet. The fear that causes self-censorship is well beyond the realm of theory. Ample evidence demonstrates that it is real. A study from PEN America writers found that one in six writers had curbed their content out of fear of surveillance and showed that writers are, quote, not only overwhelmingly worried about government surveillance, but are engaged in self-censorship as a result. Scholars in Europe have been accused of being terrorist supporters by virtue of possessing research materials on, on extremist groups, while British libraries refuse to house any material on the Taliban for fear of being prosecuted for material support of terrorism. So there you have it. You get you, you develop a surveillance society. You have government surveillance taking over, and you know that could be like the 1984 version of uh, of cameras and all of that kind of thing, or. It could just simply be the mass data collection that we've seen taking place online. And it has a measurable chilling effect where people start to self-censor because surveillance is having an effect. That has important implications for the last days. You know, there, there's going to come a time when preaching the word of God and holding to the standard of truth will become something that is marginalized, criminalized, in fact, we're seeing that already. Remember the, the news article we started the broadcast with? It's hate speech to believe in two genders. It's hate speech to believe in traditional marriage. And then soon enough, we're going to see more surveillance efforts, more efforts to suppress religious liberty and free expression. And we've got to have the strength and fortitude to press on with the truth in love. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzma. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Did you know that just under a half a million dollars is spent on the public education of a small family of three children during the entirety of their childhood? You heard that right. Almost a half a million dollars, and it rises every year. So, do you think the quality of that education is rising along these absolutely profligate outlays of funds? Well, presently, only one in five Americans is fully functionally literate. That goes beyond sounding out words to actual deep reading comprehension. It's time to wake up, to come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. The DVD series is called Schooled, the deliberate agenda to reduce individuality, destroy intelligence, and re-engineer society. In Schooled, you'll hear it straight from the mouths of the founders of modern schooling themselves. They're quite proud of it. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the soul? of man. Oh, you rescue the souls of man. And we're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. The website is 11thHourDispatch.com. I'm Scott Ritzema, your host for the second segment. And before we get back into the news, remember that Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Remember that wonderful, merciful Savior, that precious Redeemer and friend. He is the one that we cast all of our cares on, the one that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who was slain from the foundation of the world, 
risen, ascended on high, and coming back again. Remember him. Fix your eyes on him, the author and finisher of our faith. One in eight U.S. adults say they smoke marijuana. And also this headline, CBS Los Angeles, 56% of Americans say pot should be legal an all-time high. One in eight actually smoke marijuana. That would be 13% of the country in 2016 compared to 7% in 2013. That's nearly a doubling of the number of people who admit or say or are smoking marijuana. 19% of adults under 30 are now using marijuana. That would be 20%, just about, one in five young adults in, in America. Now, of course, four states in the past few years have completely legalized recreational use of marijuana, with five more states to vote on this in November. And this is something that ought to concern us because this is not a healthy activity. And the whole propaganda pushes out there about how it's not as addictive as alcohol and so on and so on. But I don't think you've ever met somebody whose life became more productive and Christian and vibrant and other-centered and missionary-focused and healthy because they were smoking marijuana. No, this is not a positive thing in one's life. And you can make arguments about medicinal use and so on. That's not so much the issue here. Uh, you know, God's methods of healing are always the best. But using, using narcotics or prescription drugs for medicinal practices is a, is a separate issue from 13% of Americans now using it recreationally. 19% of adults under 30. Denver CBS Local reports this. The water supply in a small Colorado town was found to be tainted with THC, the main chemical in marijuana. And there are some signs someone may have deliberately put it in there. Everyone in the town of Hugo on the Eastern Plains has been warned not to drink the water. It was a company performing a routine employee drug test that first alerted law enforcement to the problem on Thursday. Unknown levels of THC present in Hugo's water. A vial of tap water was used to demonstrate what should have been an absolute negative result. However, when the tap water was tested, a positive indicator for THC was detected. The sheriff's office said half a dozen more tests showed the same. Puzzling result. Then a public works crew found a well house had been tampered with. It showed that there were signs of possible forced entry into the raw water system. Well, well house one is no being guarded is is not is what it should say not being guarded around the clock and is considered a crime scene. Actually, that should read well house one is now being guarded. It was not being guarded. And now it is being guarded. The article had a typo there. Not knowing exactly what's in the water or how it got there, health officials told residents not to drink it until the system can be flushed in a matter of days. Our primary focus, of course, is the town of Hugo and throughout Lincoln County. Jennifer Barcy bought as much bottled water as she could find on Thursday. We received the announcement when I was in the grocery store. 
I was in there about 10 minutes, and in that amount of time, people had rushed in and sold out of the water. While an area hospital reports no one has gotten sick, people in Hugo are taking the possibility someone deliberately contaminated their water very seriously. This causes real concern, because if it happens in Hugo, Colorado, it can happen any place, said resident May Jean Lee. In fact, you've probably read the shocking news headlines of you know, high numbers of pharmaceutical drugs and antidepressants and other, other actual drug compounds found in municipal water supplies. In this case, THC, the chemical in marijuana, I think it's all just a good reminder to filter your water, to be engaged in very serious water purification methods, getting on as clean of water as we can, always knowing the source. But speaking of marijuana, there's a lot of news on that one recently. CNN, marijuana candy, sickens 19 at Quinceanera. Edible marijuana offered at a Quinceanera celebration is suspected of sickening 19 people Saturday night in San Francisco's Mission District, according to the city's Department of Public Health. Preliminary lab tests showed that gummy ring candy from the party contained THC the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. So it just seems to be spreading more and more and more as more states officially endorse this through legalization. It ends up in water supplies, strangely. It ends up even in candy at a 15-year-old celebration in the Hispanic community at Quinceanera is when a young lady turns 15 and 19 people became sick from these gummy gummy rings, gummy worm type of candy, which, uh, just a little heads up, you know, we want to be avoiding processed foods in general. You know, the dyes and the candies and all of these, these, these have uh, behavioral effects upon children. It's not just the sugar and the high fructose corn syrup, it's the, the dyes and the, the processed, uh, you know, um, artificial ingredients that we add to the food. And since some company has put it out there with their name on it and or the FDA saying that this is safe, we all kind of just blindly follow and anything that's in the grocery store, the candy store must must be safe. And, you know, do your own research. Look into what's in the food and ask yourself, how can you cleanse your body physically by eating even healthier foods? Six Washington schools, speaking of water contamination, six Washington schools now reporting lead in drinking water. This sounds familiar to residents of Michigan. But now Washington schools, public schools decided to test their water after lead found in four homes near high school. And six Washington schools found lead in the drinking water. So for the health message, for the health of our families, we need clean, pure Water without contaminants, without lead and even the chlorine and the fluoride and the things that are put in intentionally, those are not nutrients. Uh, we have a mass medicating experiment going on through the water supply. Filter that water. That's what I do. That's what I recommend. That's not a medical statement. That's not a you know intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. Obviously, but you know it goes without saying. Pure, clean water is needed for human survival and thriving in the maximum way. Keep the Faith reports on this 
Pokemon Go phenomenon. This is something you've probably heard about ad nauseum. But did you consider that players using their smartphone GPS and camera device to capture, battle, and train virtual creatures such as goblins, fish, and frogs who live in trees, rivers, rocks, and sky, and who appear on their screens as if they were in the same real-world locations as the players, did you consider that approximately 10% of all smartphone users worldwide spend an average of one or more hours per day hunting for Pokemon pocket monsters? Forbes reported that 46% of U.S. players are between the ages of 18 and 29. 45% of them make over $50,000 a year, and 63% are female. The game is, in a way, a religion, specifically Japanese animism. Japanese animation, Japanese animism, going hand in glove. They represent the gods of nature. And therefore, you find them in the great outdoors. If you feed the Pokemon and offer them incense, they become your allies, giving you points and items you can use in the game. If you ignore them, they can turn vindictive, run away, and resist capture. Pokemon even have names that sound like they could be demons. Bulbasaur, the frog. Whiskash, a water-ground catfish. Shiftry, a goblin. Barboac, Quagsire. And Corfish which are quite similar to the gods of, of Japanese mythology. It's a kind of techno-animism, says Anne Allison, scholar and of contemporary Japan. So the scholar of contemporary Japan says Pokemon is a kind of techno-animism. Animism is a pagan religious view of gods or god or spirits or spirit in nature... But it is more than that. Pokemon Go is preparing users to communicate with devils. In the 1990s, Pokemon was a popular handheld game with the object of catching and training anime monsters with occult powers to fight against other trainers and their Pokemon. A whole generation of children raised on Pokemon and Harry Potter are now can now revisit occult-themed entertainment as adults in the new world of augmented reality. Augmented reality is where you have the tech world actually imposing itself now upon the three-dimensional actual world. So people do the Pokemon Go not in a screen in their basement, but it's out in the world, out and about. Pokemon Go suggests that there are beings in the world around us lurking just outside our vision and just beyond the reach of science. And if we are connected, we will be able to communicate with, fight, or capture them. Pokemon Go creates a world around us that parallels the true spiritual world of unseen realities. With the right tools that reach beyond our five senses, in this case the smartphone technology, it teaches us that this normal unseen spiritual world is now accessible to everyone. Does this sound kind of like the experience of the occult and and a medium and people communicating with entities? The only way to engage in this world existing side-by-side with us is to extend our senses through the use of a smartphone technology. Pokemon Go permits the user to inhabit both worlds at the same time. And that is the occult. It is spiritualism in modern technology, not just an innocent game. And even if these creatures were not borrowed from Japanese animism, even if this was not a modern techno version of the ancient Japanese animistic religions... Even if this had nothing to do with communicating with entities and preparing and and sort of uh, preparing and cultivating the soil of the occult to then creep into the life. 
is it not merely for the Christian a total waste of time and focus and attention? You know, the devil presents a thousand innocent things in our lives that divert us from focusing on Jesus Christ, from focusing on the mission he has for us. Don't let him, whether it's through Pokemon Go or any, any way, divert you from that one true passion and cause and purpose in your life. Who are you? What is your identity? What is your mission? Ask yourself that today. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. What does that word amusement mean? The word amusement comes from two words, ah and muse. Ah means not or a negation and muse means to think. So to ah muse or to be ah amused means to not think. Now this is not something that a thinking Christian wants to be embracing. We want to be people who love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. There's never a point where we just turn off the mind and enter into absurd folly and amusement. Recreation is good, but our amusement, to just not be a thinking person, to turn off that frontal lobe, is not something that we want to do. We get rest for our minds during sleep. Now I have a question. What sort of recreations are we engaged in? Are we engaged in recreation that distracts us from God or that refreshes us to continue to serve God? Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.